Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Well, hello, Power Partners, and welcome to Star Style, be the star you are, brought to you by Be the Star You Are Charity. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And we are coming to you live from the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity, honored as a top nonprofit for the sixth year in a row by GuideStar. You can make a donation at BeTheStarYouAre.org. And this is from a source that's unknown, but I loved it. I don't have time Mm -hmm. to worry about people who don't like me because I'm too busy loving the people who love me. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I know. Heather, that sounds so like you. Heather just celebrated a wonderful (laughs) birthday, and she had a great surprise with 11 of her friends and, of course, her mama and her daddy and, and her husband all going to Catalina. Did you not feel so loved? I did. I that's the the they so surprised and so loved. It was like a great way to to turn thirty. I know, I know, I know. That's the exciting thing is that when you have people that care about you, you know, it it kind of makes the world go round. Well, we have a great show for you today, and Heather and I just took a very cute picture of our tea for two. She got for Mother's Day. She bought uh, bought us matching shirts that say tea for two. Because, of course, we have our Key for Two, our mother-daughter brew segment. And in that segment today, Heather's going to talk about drowning, which is the second leading cause of death for children's ages 1 to 14. So water safety is preeminent. We were just in Avalon on the island, uh, Catalina Island, of course, surrounded by the Pacific Ocean and lots of little kids in the water. And you just always, you know, learning to swim is really, really important. And then we're also going to talk about in today's show, uh, pet emergencies. It's kind of going to be a safety show, as well as with June being the favorite month to tie the knot, 
I'm going to explain to you how to make bouquets and boutonnieres and corsages and beautiful floral arrangements. And I just had a great article in the newspaper about it, so we will share all of these things. So, Heather, getting to our water safety topic for uh, today, you know, swim lessons are critical. And I know when you and your brother were little, I got you literally in the water just minutes after you were born, and and then you took lessons as soon as you could uh, swim. And I do think that it's something that every every person needs to know how to do it to swim. So, talk to us about drowning and what we can do and how how we can really prevent um, these horrible accidents from happening, especially in home pools now that it's summer. Yeah, well, exactly what you said. Um, and, and basically, you know, no matter how you personally feel um, about the water and how much you love it, your relationship with it changes uh, once you have children. And as you said, when we were small children, you put us, into swim lessons, which was fantastic. Um, we grew up in a community, you know, everyone had pools, and that was a really big sport during the summertime. And, you know, what you started with is the second leading cause of death in America is drowning of children ages 1 to 14. And that just sounds ridiculous. And children uh, younger than 5, drowning is the leading cause of death and injury. And it seems like you know, there's something that's so preventable because most times these drownings are in home pools. And just some other, you know, little tip for us is that approximately 10 people drown every day in the United States. One, um, one in five are fatal drowning victims, children under 14. Uh, they, you know, they call them drowning a silent killer because most of them are young children drowning in pools um, that were, you know, last seen at home. And a big thing, too, is, you know, I hate bringing in... Uh, you know, racial things with this, but um, 70, you know, this was just done with, study, you know, taking, to, uh, you know, concert, conveying, getting, you know, who they can to answer this. But according um, according to the American Swim Association, uh, 70% of African Americans and 60% of Hispanic and Latino children do not know how to swim. And African American children are at a drowning weight of three times more than their peers. And, you know, and that's really, that, you know, that's uncalled for because there are, you know, the ability to get swim lessons. You can even go to the YMCA's and there's so many places you can go as, as well as rec centers and community centers. And a lot of them have uh, programs for really discounted uh, swim lessons or even free. Yeah, and you know the big thing, another thing too, just kind of quickly for our speaker, is like with many things with education, you know, going to college or, or people's personal views, if a parent doesn't know how to swim themselves, it says there's a 13% chance that children will never attempt to, that it, you know, it, it's not um, put on them because, you know, their parent hasn't made a priority. My personal opinion is I think every human being needs to know how to swim uh, because you can literally drown an inch of water. It's as simple as, you know, someone slipping in the bathtub and falling down and suffocating that way. I mean, a lot of times people think of the ocean or pools. And especially being here in California, I just feel like, you know, you learn to talk, you learn to walk, you should learn to swim. And I'll get in later and in getting into, you know, there's many other preventable things. But the first thing is just teaching someone how to swim. There used to be studies that said that children shouldn't learn how to swim until they're about four years old. 
let in 2010, um, actually the Association of Pediatrics changed that and said, and, and brought it down to as early as one years old. I am a huge supporter of that. You know, we always joke that I'm a water, but you, babies in general, you get them out there. There's that natural human thing to sort of in dog paddle, move around. And often people, you know, it's, they just don't know how to do it. So they've started now programs, as you said, in YMCA and program. They actually have things for very small infant, basically infant swim lessons, or they're working in with a coach, um, you know, starting, so, and there's a certain thing that is not like the children are learning techniques. They're basically, when they start at this infant age, starting before children can even walk. Uh, I have a, a person I work with, actually, her son, who just turned one, is currently in these um, swim lessons. And it's not, they're not truly learning, you know, techniques. It's basically they learn how to float. If they were to fall in, they learn how these proper, basically, float techniques that they know how to turn over onto their back and sort of dog paddle on their back and to cry out, to make, you know, so if they were, you know... It, and they be, also so learn how to hold their breath because when you start... To, and again, it advances with that. Is making this common, it's, I think a lot of people... So you have the fear of the water. I, I think you know just because growing up, you know, with swimming and with all things that it's funny. We've watched home videos when I I swam for eighteen years or gosh no, probably fifteen years, and um, in the beginning. And you mean competitively? You were on a swim team. Take a few strokes and I'd hold on to the lane rope and I'd wave at the at you and and then. I'd, Keep going, and then you know, eventually, over time, that I really enjoyed it. I became really good at it, and, and loved it. And now, you know, it's truly just a recreational thing. And I don't even think, you know, I, I never even think of oh, the safety of oh, I know how to 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 swim um, or tread water. Um, but it is so important in getting out there. So. These are the things that summertime now, kids are going to be going to pool parties, going, um, the biggest thing is get your kids involved in, um, these swim lessons, and especially the younger, the better. Uh, you know, the, when they're just babies, uh, and then as well as kind of starting that so that they know the safety things. And then as a kid, oftentimes, you know, this can become a summer activity, something that they love, and you know, a great way to build friendships, it gets them, it gives them a healthy activity, and a positive view, you know, really, you know, winning and, and competing and, and friendship. For me, swim, being on a swim team was um, so, so special. And people are concerned about cost, as they said. They have things at YMCA. Um, even through the American Red Cross, they offer so many programs, and you don't need to have your own pool or um, or be by a beach or anything like that. And even very inner-city places um, offer that. Some of you can look in even with the, uh, local uh, fitness centers, too, if they offer any programs for children. And the big thing also I stress about doing it young, because we said if parents don't, if parents aren't into it, their kids won't be. But with many things, children absorb things uh, at a very early age, and that, that willingness and wanting to do things. Oftentimes when things are presented to us as we get older, we have that some point you know, kind of embarrassment or lack of desire because, you know, oh, if I don't know it now, why would I ever need to? And it's such a vital thing. I view it water, or walking, talking, and knowing how to swim. And some you know, summers around us here, just some other little tips of other than first just getting your child involved um, with, you know, no ages too young um, with these swim lessons. So they know proper, you know, they have that comfortableness with the water. They know how to tread water. They know how to float. 
and also knowing how to call out. But the first thing, too, is, um, you know, provide constant supervision, you know, for all your children or qualified adults. And, you know, that's, you want your children, if, if they're around a pool area, that they are around someone who knows how to swim, uh, knows CPR, and um, will not walk off. Oftentimes you hear uh, people saying, you know, I walked away, I walked away for two minutes, you know, the phone rang, and I came back out, and my child was drunk. And you hear about this, too, about children drowning in the bathtub, that constant, you need, when children are that young, you have to have a constant supervision of them. Um, if you do have a home pool, uh, the big thing is getting a, a fence. Sometimes people think they, they don't look, um, they're not as aesthetic, but now they have things that are basically kind of pop-up ones that you can get holes installed into you know, the ground around it. So something you could put up temporarily as they grow older and you no longer need the need for it, it can be removed. But you want to have it equipped with a self-locking latch because in, as, you, as people probably experience, children are very clever and very crafty. They find amazing ways to crawl into things, to crawl out of things, to get stuck in things. Um, and they're curious. That's the, the main thing. They're not seeking to drown. They're just curious of what's going on. Um, so well, and also, things- Heather, you know, sometimes, as you know, I mean, something may fall into the water. Their ball may roll into the water. And they just think they can go get it. So it, it and it only takes a few seconds to drown. So, the, you know, it's sometimes you you just can't keep your eyes out every single second. So having that fence is critical as well as having that ability to swim. I mean, I'm, I so support the idea that every single person should swim. Yeah, and that's, you know, another thing, too. If you do have a pool and you're having, uh, you know, you have kids, you're having a summertime pool party, make sure everyone at your party can, in fact, swim. And so, you know, talking, recognize that children under four, you know, might not know how to swim. Um, and you're talking with parents. So if that is the case, if someone at your pool party you're gathering does not know how to swim, especially, i.e. children, um, then provide with you know, water floaties. Um, they even make these little swimsuits that are basically have a little tube in them that, that kids can float in. That they have something um, that, you know, beyond supervision because, you know, they want to participate too. Kids want to get in. A great way, you know, starting with those little arm floaties, but don't let that be a cushion, you know, the, okay, well, you know, you can always just use that. You want your kids to really know how to swim, but have that opportunity to provide that. Also something, too, as I said, never, you know, leave children unattended, but another safety measure, and this goes for children, but this can also go for dogs and pets as well, is having, um, place a ladder or rail inside the pool. Um, we, I began personal experience because we personally did have a dog drown once we were on vacation and the dog, we had, we had that ladder and it would always go in the pool and we could take it out and we took it out because we were on vacation and a ball flew over, um, the fence and went and the dog went to get it and the dog couldn't get get out. You know, they, the dog tried. You know, tried to get up on the rail and it couldn't. And eventually, the dog drowned, which is very tragic as a child to come home to find that out. Um, so having those in there because again, those sometimes get torn away, or it could be a family pet is saying that you know dogs innately know how to swim, but they not may not have the strength to get out of the pool, especially if it's a high up, if it doesn't have um, any built in. Um, Scared. Also, you know, no clear uh, guidelines of the pool. If you're taking your child to a public place, 
you know, no, another thing to, no pool accidents. No, if you have a pool, if you're attending a pool, um, you know, running on these wet, slippery surfaces. I would say, you know, with all the years of swimming of how many people fell, you know, broke bones, skin bones, fell in the pool, injured themselves by running around wet surface. We know that that's just something um, come to the get-go. And as for parents, I feel everyone should know CPR, and especially child um, CPR and first aid. Uh, you can take oftentimes free or very discounted these at your local fire department, and you can get certified. So that's something, you know, you kind of have that badge of honor. They're good for about one to two years. And now you can even take things online. I personally recommend doing the things in person because I feel when you watch these videos, you're not really, uh, at least for me, I have to do it the hands-on. I'm the dummy hearing someone in person tell me, but you can get certified um, in in CPR uh, via online courses, which are very inexpensive, about $25. Um, The only problem with doing it online, Heather, is I really think when you're doing CPR, you really need to do the the manual manipulations. You need to do the breathing and, you know, and the chest um, pushing. You can't do that online. So it's, yeah, I think going exactly. to your fire department or your YMCA or your community center or what, or maybe even a local hospital, take a CPR course. And especially if you're a parent, you ever, all parents need to know CPR. There's just, I think there's no, you know, no rhyme or reason around it. And, you know, I just wanted to add, and you probably are going to say this, but for so many people that are going on vacations and they're going to lakes or rivers, you know, or the ocean, is just have a requirement from the time your kids get out of the car that they are wearing their life jacket. And, uh, you know, until they're teens and can really swim, they really should have that life jacket on. And even adults, if you're going to be in a lake or a river and you, you know, it's a smart thing to wear a life jacket because you just don't know what, you know, there could be an undertow, there could be, um, there could be some rocks or some kind of uh, whirlpool that you get caught in. There's a lot of things that can happen. So when you're in an area that you don't know, everybody should wear a life jacket, even if you know how to swim. And, you know, it that's actually a really good last thing to kind of touch on. We were focusing more on pools, but also in the summertime or uh, uh, you might be heading out to the lake or to the ocean. Um, abide by water safety, too. A big thing um, is always wearing your life jacket in a boat. Um, and we can tell you from personal experience, when you're out on the lake, the sheriff will stop you and do random search to make sure everyone has um, a life jacket on. Often they don't, rec- um, they don't require you to be wearing it while but they want to make sure that you do have it. Honestly, the great thing is having one handy, and if you have small children, um, especially under 10 years old, because of their light weight, um, if your child is in a boat, you know, water ski boat, that you have them in a life jacket because it's so easy for them to just go flying out of the boat, um, and that life jacket can eventually save their lives. The same thing goes with water sports. Uh, every time we participate in any kind of water sport, whether we wakeboarding, uh, water skiing, always having that life jacket on because, you know, sometimes you fall, you hit the water, and that thing gets you popped right up. So, again, you're never too cool for school when it comes to water safety, and it's one of the most preventable deaths, yet it's such a um, prevalent death that's happening. So it doesn't matter your age or what it is, 
start young with your children. And another thing, too, a great, if you personally you know, might feel embarrassed that you're an adult and you don't know how to swim, a great way to get involved is if you have small children to get involved together, that you can be taking these, chances, these classes in the water together with them. That way your children will learn and you'll be, um, you'll be well prepared and you will know as well so that you equally, as the adults, will be safe this summer. Oh, I think that's a wonderful uh, note to end on. And I love the idea of taking classes together. And even for people who already know how to swim, all of these baby classes that you can start with, you get in the water with your child. And that's, you know, it's a bonding experience. But the important thing is that both of you are going to be water safe. So I completely agree with you that drowning is avoidable and we can learn how to swim and then obey all the laws and when you see an ocean you know when you see a sign at the ocean or the beach wherever you go and it says you know strong undertoes do not go in the water abide by that because accidents do happen but if you know how to swim your chances of survival are better and for your children you can literally save their lives by giving them swim lessons. So, Heather, that was a really excellent water safety segment in our Health Matters and Tea for Two. Give out the websites. Most definitely. We want you to go to org and com. And when we come back from break, we are going to talk about making bouquets and boutonnieres and corsages and special arrangements for any special occasion. And in our last segment, we're going to be talking about pet safety, and that also includes water safety for pets. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. This was our Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew segment. We'll be right back. Be the star you Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. 
When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. Be the star you are, you are the star. Plug into your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a life that shines. Well, you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. You probably heard me last week talk about coffee that gives back. Well, it is uh, an organization that for the next two weeks will actually donate 50% of its profits, uh, if you go to their website, to be the star you are when you buy coffee, tea, personal products. So you can go to coffeethatgivesback.org and get your products delivered. So that we do, in order to get that 50% um, of the sales donated to be the star you are, they have to sell a 1,000 units. So buy a lot. Otherwise, um, up until September 15th, we will get 25% of your purchase. So that website again, coffeethatgivesback.org. Well, June is the month for weddings. And, you know, besides celebrations for grads and dads and lots of birthdays, Couples decide to tie the knot, and getting married is a wondrous event, and it's experienced at a variety of venues, from the simple backyard wedding to a grand hotel extravaganza, and of course, everything in between. And it's one of those rites of passage that bring families and friends together to commemorate the love of two individuals. Sometimes the price for these enchanted I-do's can be staggering, and one way to cut costs while also encouraging a collaborative, meaningful activity is to create your own bouquets, boutonnieres, grassages, and floral arrangements. For both the weddings of my son and my daughter, I spent months growing their favorite blooms. Then I designed and handcrafted the floral components. Now, the vow exchange for my son occurred on a hill in our Napa Valley Ranch overlooking the vineyards and Lake David. And for that springtime ceremony, the hillside wine barrel tables were festooned with mason jars filled with local wildflowers, while the bridal bouquets, boutonnieres, and corsages boasted all of my homegrown calla lilies, peonies, roses, and forget-me-nots. Now, the dining tables at the reception were simply decorated with Merlot-hued rose petals scattered amongst the private label wine, allowing the food to take center stage. But then when my daughter got married in Southern California in a very beautiful vineyard wedding, I transported over 50 pounds of my garden floral fronds via airplane. And that was quite the experience, you know, having one suitcase filled of clothes and one suitcase filled with flowers. Now, because the venue that she and her husband chose were stunning, she wanted the table decor to be very simple and ethereal. So I mixed feathery grasses, heather, sage, and flax, filled wine bottles painted with the table numbers for a perfect blend of simplicity and elegance. The day before the nuptials, I hosted a flower party luncheon for all of the ladies walking down the aisle where I taught everyone how to make their own personal bouquet using a sample I had created as an example. 
We use stargazer lilies, roses, gardenias, freesia, astralomeria, purple sage, grape leaves, razor grass, and narcissus soaked in but- buckets. I, a, a nearby table included all the necessary tools. I had ribbons and adornments so to give it kind of a personalized touch. So each of the women that were in the ceremony, and that included the grandmothers and the mothers as well as the bridesmaids, we all made our own individualized bouquets. And then that was really, really fun. And after dinner, my mom and my daughter and daughter-in-law, we had kind of a final female bonding date as we made these beautiful boutonnieres for the groom and his groomsmen using tiny white roses framed with ferns. Now, crafting the flowers for the big day or for any special occasion produces such joy and camaraderie, and it's a special way to show your love. There's nothing to fear and so much bliss to savor. It's fun, it's simple, it's extremely rewarding. So allow me to be your guide on the side offering these suggestions for do-it-yourself floral success. Now, first of all, it is important to have a conversation with the betrothed to define what their dreams and goals are for their big day. I mean, even if we as parents are footing the bill for the celebration, we still have to keep in mind that this event is about them and not about us. It's their day and it needs to be their vision. So talk to them and find out their specific wishes. Let them know that if they want you to create or help in creating floral displays, you'd be honored. And they may provide you with tear sheets of ideas that they've culled from magazines or bridal books. And assuming they're excited that you will be an active participant and not just order from the professionals, here are the next steps. Here are the preliminary preparations. First, you're going to have a frank discussion with the couple to determine their theme, their color scheme, their style, and the flowers that they're seeking. Second, you want to choose flowers that have staying power. Now, popular choices include sunflowers, hydrangeas, roses, lilies, orchids, succulents, dahlias, clematis, iris, zinnia, callas, peonies, herbs, delphiniums, iris, tulips, antherium, snapdragons, freesia, foxglove, hollyhock, gladiola, and seasonal favorites. You want to write down the names of each person who's going to need a bouquet, a boutonniere, or a cassage. Now, if there are too many people and you're already feeling stressed, this is the time to decide exactly what you are willing to do. If you want to just make your daughter's bouquet and or daughter-in-law's bouquet and purchase the rest, that's totally fine, and it's also liberating. Buy a swatch of fabric from the store that matches the bridesmaid's dresses. Put your swatch in a Ziploc bag to carry in your purse and carry it everywhere. You'll add the ribbons and other swatches as you go along. And ask if they have any special flowers or greens they specifically want incorporated. Determine whether you're going to grow the flowers and greens, buy them from a flower source, or engage a combination of the two. Now, I wrote an article called The Wild Bunch a while back um, that was how to keep flowers and greens fresh. And if you want a copy of that, email me, Cynthia, at star-style.com, and I will send you that link so that you will know how to keep your flowers fresh. But the next step is you're going to go to a craft store or a floral supply, and you're going to buy green floral tape, wire, 
rolls of clear wrap and ribbons that'll coordinate with both the bride's gown and the bridesmaid's dresses. Then you're going to organize your tool bag. In your tool bag, you want scissors, pruning shears, you want water buckets, you want masking tape, Ziploc bags, rubber bands, hot glue gun, a mister, floral tape, wire, um, clear wrap, ribbons, and cotton balls. And you want to make sure you have a broom for cleanup. Then experiment with designing several different bouquets and boutonnieres at least a month in advance of the wedding. And take photos of your creations to share with your daughter, your son, or anyone involved in the project design. And then ask for feedback and listen to it. Log how long it took you to make each item because it's going to take you at least that amount of time, if not more time, before the big day. Now here comes the preparation. Three days before the event, you go into your garden or your floral shop to gather the greens. Depending on the season, you'll need bare grass, boxwood, ferns, fountain grass, flax, evergreens, vines, or whatever suits the style and the season. Cut the stems on an angle and soak overnight in cold water in deep buckets. Two days before the event, whether you are buying or growing the flowers, always choose fresh, tight buds. They will open naturally by the day of the wedding when prepared properly. You're going to cut the stems to soak up the water. You're going to separate the flowers into species, plunge them in cold water in separate buckets from the greens, and cut stamens from the lilies to prevent any uh, stains. Lilies are notorious for the stamens. They drip this, um, it's like a powdery gold yellow, and it stains something horrific. And if, if you get that on your bridal gown oh, or on anything, you're going to be really sad because it will not come out. Now, one day before the event, create your bouquet beginning with the greens and add individual flower stems as you twist the arrangement in one hand until it looks as lush and full as you wish. Don't be afraid to add, subtract, nip, and tuck. And if you're willing and you want to add an ornament or an embellishment, beads, or any other adornment, you do it now. You may need to wire the decoration to the bouquet. Holding your bouquet in one hand, you are then going to wrap a piece of masking tape around the stems to hold the bouquet in place. Then cut your coordinating ribbon, cover the tape in the stems, leaving about two inches of stems uncovered. You'll trim a small amount of the stems once again and wrap the entire bouquet with the clear wrap like the coverings of store-bought flowers. Then tape the bottom to hold in place and write the name of the bridal party member on that package. You plunge all of that in cold water with ice. An ice bucket works well to keep each bouquet fresh. If you are keeping all the bouquets together, an ice chest a great ice asset. You want to mist the flowers lightly, and if you're putting a bouquet in the refrigerator, you must remove any fruit or vegetables because ethylene gas rots a bouquet quickly. Now, if you hold a flower power party whereby each person constructs her own bouquet, make sure to label each arrangement with the individual's name for easy identification on the wedding day. Now, for boutonnieres or corsages, wrap the chosen bud and leaf with the green floral tape Wrap the ribbon around the floral tape to cover, and then finish the ends of the ribbons on the back side with a dab of hot glue, and then you just miss the buds. You place each boutonniere in an individual Ziploc bag with a moist cotton ball, and don't let the cotton ball touch the flowers. Again, add the name of the person and a couple of pins, put it in the refrigerator, and I usually put all the Ziploc bags 
in a large plastic container and then I put the full container in the refrigerator, it keeps the boutonnieres from getting smashed. Now, on the day of the wedding or your special event, an hour before the ceremony, you're going to remove all the bouquets from the ice buckets. You cut off the bottom stems evenly on each of the bouquets. And you add the final ribbons, the bows, the bangles. The bouquets no longer need to be in water. So you can just let them breathe now. And they don't have to be in ice either. Pin the corsages and boutonnieres on the left side of each recipient right over the heart. Now, for my daughter's wedding, all the women in the bridal families, including the grandmothers, mother of the groom, and myself, we carried small, simple bouquets instead of wearing a corsage. And we really liked this approach better than the traditional cumbersome corsage because when you're dancing or hugging people, corsages tend to get smashed and they fall off. But by having a bouquet, you can kind of, you know, wrap your arm around somebody's neck and you still have your bouquet. So then you distribute your bouquets to the bride and the bridesmaid with a big hug. And next step is voila you take a bow you've done it yourself now i want to give you one extra tip i always make at least three or four extra corsages and boutonnieres and uh two extra uh bouquets um because accidents do happen and in addition i like to create a bouquet for the bride to throw so that she can preserve the original if she chooses you can also make wreaths, braids, headpieces, and other creations with leftover flowers to add to your special occasion decor. Now, do remember that all of this takes time, patience, confidence, energy, creativity, and ultra-organization. And before you embark on this do-it-yourself project, make sure you understand the obligations of this enterprise. You don't want to be frazzled for the wedding day itself. Now that you know how much work, how much time, how much effort goes into generating those glorious and original floral creations, you won't suffer the sticker shock at the price tag of purchase potatious bouquets. And if after a practice run, you realize that fabricating floral masterpieces isn't your forte, A fabulous florist is just a phone call away. And of course, if you need assistance in learning this craft, I offer personal consultations as well as classes and workshops on the art of flower power. And you can contact me, email me at my goddess gardener address, Cynthia at goddessgardener.com. So I wish you the most beautiful occasion, the most wonderful wedding ever. Enjoy every second of these momentous once-in-a-lifetime events because memories are what keep us going. So happy gardening and happy growing. And when we come back from break, our next segment is all about pet emergencies and pet safety. So don't go away. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And why don't you, during the break, go to bethestarur.org and make a donation today. Any amount keeps us broadcasting. We'll be right back. You are the star you Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. 
Here's Cynthia Bryan. Do you know the language of leadership? Well, there's this old joke. If you're leading and nobody's following, maybe you're just taking a walk. Using language that is clear and compelling gives you the best shot at creating an engaged following and a collaborative culture in your organization. Here are some communication strategies for incorporating simple and straightforward language into your everyday speech. This is the deal. As a leader, you want to share your perspective on the competitive landscape of your industry with your team as often as possible. Yes, you're dealing with some proprietary and confidential matters that can't be discussed, but strive for transparency and inclusion in your communication. When you're an open book, people rightly feel that you have nothing to hide, that you trust them enough to confide in them, and that you want them on your team. So use the words, here's the deal. The next one, here's the plan. Because you're still the boss of the organization, division, or project, despite the increasingly popular, oh, we don't have titles, we're all equals, you know, people do expect you to step up and have a plan. Everyone does want a leader. So look one year ahead and start working backwards, quarter by quarter, month by month, week by week. What are the results you're looking for? Be clear and concise about anticipated outcomes. Set your high-level objectives, your critical tasks, your milestone markers, and your project ownerships. And avoid ambiguity and corporate speak. I mean, everything needs to be crystal clear to everyone on the team. Let your team or your task leaders concern themselves with the details of the process and how to meet the expectations. And most of all, just keep it simple. So use the words, here's the plan. And even when you're writing a book, you have to do that. You've got to go backwards with your marketing plan. The next question is, what do you need from me? Check in regularly, at least as often as the milestone markers you've established, to make sure everyone is on task and on time. Know what your people do well and tap into their talents. Find out what each team member needs directly or through your managers if you're in a large organization and get the job done effectively. Resolve conflicts quickly, give feedback frequently, and blend kindness with candor. But don't waste time sugarcoating reactions or pussyfooting around problems. Not only will you make things worse, you're going to teach others to follow your conflict-avoiding behavior. So always ask, what do you need from me? The next one, how can we improve? Keep a we're good, but we can always be better attitude and encourage everyone to regularly contribute strategies and suggestions to improve the workplace. Sometimes referred to as Kazan, literally meaning change for the good. It's a Japanese auto manufacturer's practice of encouraging workers at all levels to offer ideas for increased productivity. Ongoing improvement should be part of your organizational DNA. And while you may be doing fine right now, if you aren't making ongoing enhancements to efficiency, productivity, and communication, it's not going to be long until your competitors bypass you. And as a leader, you need to get out, ask questions, and solicit creative ideas from people at every level of the company so that continuous improvement is a team sport and not a competition. So you're going to ask, how can we improve? And finally, let's celebrate. Woohoo! Celebration is important, not just the big scores, but also the small wins, including just meeting your milestones. Institutionalized celebrations fit your unique culture. So have an award system. Whatever you do, celebrate. Maybe a Friday afternoon, you know, a beer bash just for the heck of it. Increase your collaboration and your camaraderie. In other words, party on. 
So this is to your success. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, go to star-style.com or call 925-377-STAR to book your coaching session with me. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. and jumpstart your dreams with positive, life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, hosted by the passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Find all you need in a life that shines. Well, thanks for staying with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan And we're coming to you live on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel, where we always bring you the best ideas and the brightest strategies for your success. Well, today is a show about safety. And, of course, we just finished doing the Flower Power uh, Party and how to make your own flowers and bouquets. But I wanted to talk to you now about pet emergencies and pet safety because so many people have pets and you know the, the, the things happen and yes almost everybody does have a veterinarian that they trust but what do you do at those times when you know your pet eats a box of chocolates or breaks a tooth or swallows something that is foreign or how about even get stung by a bee well, of course, always uh, your veterinarian is your first line of defense, but we should all create a first aid kit. And some of the right things that you have to have in an up-to-date first aid kit for your pet and for every pet parent are a digital fever thermometer, a set of tweezers, eyedropper, hydrogen peroxide, some adhesive tape, a saline solution, some bandage pads, milk of magnesia, and, of course, a muzzle and a leash just in case that your pet is in pain and might bite when you're trying to help it out. Now, let's just go to a few of the things that could happen. What if your pet gets stung by a bee? Now, if your pet has a history of reacting to stings, you might want to start carrying an EpiPen with you or before you go out on, you know, a hike or into the woods or whatever, you might want to give your pet some antihistamines before you leave so that before he or she is exposed, he already has an antihistamine. An ice pack can relieve pain or puffiness if there is a bee sting or a spider bite, but stings aren't worrisome unless they're like in you know near the eyes the nose or the mouth and if your pet swells up now if that happens of course contact your vet immediately and you may need to go to an emergency care facility for pets 
Now, if you cut your, your dog's or cat's nails too short and you've got bleeding, the first thing you want to do is try to stop the bleeding. Now, you can apply some styptic powder to stop that bleeding, and you also should use some tape or an adhesive bandage and put pressure on the nail. And whatever you do, you always want to stay calm because if your animal is bleeding, if you start getting upset and frenzied, the blood flow increases in your pet because they'll get frenzied. They're mimicking you. If the bleeding doesn't stop within 30 minutes, of course, you're going to call your vet. Now, what about if your pet swallows something? Now, as soon as your pet consumes something dangerous, you definitely should call your vet for the next steps because your vet may recommend um, that you try to make your cat or your dog throw up the item they may say to give them some hydrogen peroxide, but you always want to know what is the right amount. Now, if you, you're going in for a res- regular physical with your pet, you could talk to your vet and ask them these questions, like if my, if, if my dog or my cat swallowed this, what should I do? And you could go ahead and, you know, and get the right amount then, so you could actually keep a ledger of what your pet's going to need. But in general, you just want to keep your floors and your couches you know, clear of little items that look or smell like food that they may want to eat and that would not be good for them. And it goes without saying, you know, don't have rat poison or any kind of poison things around, including poisonous plants, because some pets, you know, they'll chew, especially um, small animals like puppies and kittens. And so you don't want them to be chewing on anything that's poisonous. Now, chocolate. Everyone knows that chocolate can be deadly for our pets, and especially dark chocolate. That is the riskiest of all. It's always going to depend on what your pet's weight is and the type of chocolate that he or she ate and the, uh, and the amount that was consumed of how dangerous it is. So this is something that if your pet eats some chocolate, you want to get in touch with your, um, with your veterinarian right away. Now, what if they break a tooth? Making an appointment with your vet because you can, you know, you're not going to be able to fix the tooth unless you're a dentist, but even then it takes a special, you probably have to put your animal to sleep or at least anesthetize them in some way. But you can decrease the pain by um, taking away rawhide and any treats that are tough to chew from their diet and just give them some soft snacks or soak your dry food you know, in water or milk. And finally, in case of poisoning, you should have the phone number for the Animal Poison Control Center and keep that with you at all times. And I'm going to give that number to you now. The Animal Poison Control Center is 888-426-4435. So that is a toll-free number for the Animal Poison Control Center, 888 888- Four two six four four three five. So if you have an emergency for your pet, again, you always want to call your vet, but there are these things that you can do at home. The other thing to watch out for, especially in the summer months and especially if you go camping or if you go hiking or you're in the woods or in the gardens or the park, our ticks are out now and ticks will hitchhike on your pet's coat. So whenever you come in from being outdoors, check your animal for ticks. Now you can usually remove the ticks safely yourself with a pair of tweezers and uh, some, but talk to your vet, which is the best way to remove it. Some 
um, vets will recommend that you take a match, you light the end of it, and then let it cool a little bit. And as you are taking the tick with your uh, tweezers, that you just touch the end of it, um, of that match, onto the tick, not onto the skin of your animal, and the tick will automatically back out. There are also products now that are tick removals for your pets, so you might want to pick up something like that. So those are some safety tips for your animals. And as Heather was talking about in our T for Two segment with water safety, they do make life vests for uh, for dogs and cats. So if you are going to be out on a boat or you're going to a river or an ocean, it is probably wise to have a life vest. Uh, We know that these animals can swim, but just recently I was talking to a friend whose uh, dog actually got sucked down into a whirlpool when it went in to chase a stick that was thrown into a river and she couldn't see that there was a whirlpool on the other side of this rock and this, this, you know, small dog was sucked into the whirlpool and she actually almost drowned herself trying to save the dog and the dog didn't come out till like 15 minutes later. But had it had a life vest on, it, it could have survived. So consider a life vest for your pets as well. Now, I have one last thing on safety that I wanted to talk about, and this is actually some advice from the professionals at AAA when we're talking about repairing or replacing a vehicle. I know my car, if you saw it, it has Be The Star You Are license plates on it. You'd probably laugh because I drive a 15-year-old car, but I like it. I can pack all the books when we're going to our events and when I'm helping with disaster relief and I have to get all these packages out. It's also great for all the gardening I do and <laughs> a schlepping of everything and all the video equipment, etc. So my, my car is old, but it's running well. So, you know, when you do own a car long enough, you're going to face that difficult decision of choosing when is the right time to replace it. I'm not quite there yet, but the first thing you want to ask is, does the vehicle have sentimental value? Now, if it does, then the cost of replacing, I mean, of repairing it probably isn't the most compelling factor. But if it doesn't, and it's just a matter of dollars and cents, here are some items to consider. Like my vehicle, being 15 years old, I don't have sentimental value. It's just really been a good car, and it's handy. And it works. So I never, I'm not just one of these, I don't really care um, about having things brand new. So it hasn't been an issue for me. But first you want to focus on the finance because it makes, doesn't make any sense to spend more on repairs than your vehicle's worth. So get an estimate on what it would cost to keep your car running safely. And then you want to look up its resale value. You can look it up at kbb.com or nataguides.com or edmunds.com, and then you can find calculators to guide you. And, you know, there's Kelly's, uh, the kbb.com is Kelly's Blue Book. So you want to be honest about the condition of your car. Maybe you don't mind that you have some dents and scratches, but a buyer probably will. So really be honest about that. Then look down the road. Many cars might need a timing belt replacement or other expenses of maintenance around the 90,000 mile mark. So you want to ask a trusted mechanic who's familiar with your car, make, and model to test drive and inspect your vehicle and then give you an, a real opinion on what the repairs uh, will cost and what was going to lie ahead. 
And at this time also, you want to uncover any hidden costs. So what kind of gas mileage are you getting? The expense of buying a newer, more fuel-efficient car might be balanced out in the long run by what you're going to save at the pump. But newer cars often command higher insurance premiums, so that might be um, uh, you know, something that you don't want. You're going to have to weigh that decision. And then know your needs. A lifestyle change, you know, your vehicle might change. Like if you are a parent whose kids are now in college, maybe you don't need that minivan anymore. So take stock of your current needs and then choose between your old wheels and a newer model. And then play it safer. Newer cars do have a greater number of advanced safety features from side impact airbags to lane departure warning systems. And it is hard to put a price on the peace of mind, especially if others in your family are going to use your car. So I hope you've enjoyed our safety show today for pets, for cars, and for water safety. Thank you all for being really great listeners and tuning in to Heather and I every week here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. For information on booking a coaching or consultation with Star Style, you can go to star-style.com or call our studio, 925-377-STAR. You can make a donation to Be The Star You Are charity at bethestarur.org. And don't forget, right now, if you go to coffeethatgivesback.org, you can buy coffee, tea, and personal products, and 25 to 50% of the sales will go to Be The Star You Are, but that's only for the next couple months. My aim is always to encourage and amuse and motivate you. I hope that you'll read a book this week and check out my new book, The Business of Show Business, that just won a silver award in the Benjamin Franklin Awards. And um, if you're into, in, into acting, this will be your Bible. So until next week when we celebrate again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and this is Star Style. I thank you and encourage you to reach for the stars and be the star you are. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Be the star you are. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.